You are listening to Hank's Infinite Playlist. What is up, my friends? And welcome back to Hank's Infinite Playlist. I am your host, Justin Birnbaum. And joining me is a friend of mine, nay, friend of ours, Hank Tucker. We're here to talk about 1997's Donnie Brasco, starring Johnny Depp and Al Pacino, as we power through our Wise Guys category. Before we get started, though, a quick recap of the rules. We're watching a four-pack of movies that I've dubbed Wise Guys. If it's not self-explanatory enough, I think you can figure out the genre we're going for here. At the end of each episode, Hank will assign the quote-unquote Hank score. And in the true spirit of collaboration, I have absolutely no idea how this will work, and it's up to Hank if he wants to let us in on his rationale. And one day, maybe... The winners will compete head-to-head for the ultimate crown. So, Hank, if you're willing to vouch for me, then let's get started. All right, so we are sitting down to watch Donnie Brasco. Hank has absolutely no idea what this movie is about, other than it is in the wise guys category. Hank, the floor is yours for pre-Hank. Yeah, well, the still frame I'm looking at now has some four-leaf clovers, some black and white trees... Um, it's going to be, uh, about, uh, a teenager in the woods, uh, who starts, you know, kind of a, uh, drug ring or some sort of mafia-esque thing in his college or high school. And he's kind of an outcast. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of like Donnie Darko here. I think if you've seen that movie. I haven't seen Donnie Darko, but I also want to point out that I'm pretty sure this is like an advertisement for a production company. So... It should be giving you no indication about the movie whatsoever. Do you want to swing again or just let it lie? Um, well, you know, I, I really don't have any better ideas, so we're just going to go with that. All right. All right, here we go. Okay, so we have watched Donnie Brasco, and you have listened to Prehank. So for those who have not seen the film in quite some time, here's a plot summary, courtesy of Google. Joseph Pistone, played by Johnny Depp, is an FBI agent who has infiltrated one of the New York Mafia families and is living under the name Donnie Brasco. He develops a relationship with mob hitman Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero, played by Al Pacino, in order to get deeper undercover, but ends up developing a real friendship with the mafioso. As their relationship develops, Pistone must decide whether or not to complete his job, knowing that it will lead to the murder of his new friend. And for reference, this movie reportedly made $125 million against a $35 billion budget. All right, Hank, the floor is yours. Deliver post-Hank. Yeah, this is a good movie. You know, it starts out with a little mystery, like what's going on with this typewriter? Why is Lefty called a horse cock? Uh, <laughs> who, who's taking photos? You know, then you figure out that Donnie's the FBI agent, and then and it clicks. And it's easy to follow from there. Certainly easier to follow than The Godfather. Um, doesn't mean it's better, uh, but I'm saying it's better. So sorry, IMDb and, and critics everywhere. Uh, but this has some good ratings too. But you know, so I'm really only familiar with Johnny Depp through Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean or Caribbean. Nobody, care. nobody really Just knows. Continues. <laughs> and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which you know Gene Wilder does a far superior job with. So sorry, Johnny. Uh, I've also seen Edward Scissorhands, which is good. But Johnny Depp does a great job here. Probably my best performance I've seen of him playing a very complicated, conflicted character. Uh, there are times when he's disgusted by what's going on, but can't show it. And other times when he seems kind of exhilarated by the mafia life and, and really cares, as, as Google mentioned in the plot summary, about Lefty. 
Uh, so it definitely keeps you on your toes. A lot of suspense the whole time for what happens when he's found out. And it doesn't last too long, which is always good, too. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here first. Uh, some good thoughts there. Uh, I'm not going to get in the way of any of this here, other than just noting, wow, the, the Godfather subtweeting disrespect. Um, but I wrote down a bunch of things during this movie, and uh, I will go down my list. Uh, number one, forget about it. I don't know if you've ever... Uh, Traveled on the Verrazano Bridge from Brooklyn to Staten Island, but there is a sign that says leaving Brooklyn. Forget about it. Um, but forget about it is great. I love the scene where he uh, explains all the different uses and meanings of it. Um, Anne Hesch, who played uh, the Maybe. wife in this movie. Are you familiar with her story? She died late I, last I, year. I do know she died. She, she drove into a house or something. Yeah, she was she reportedly under the influence, and she was in multiple car accidents in that day. Um, I was reading online before we got on um, some sort of mixed drug cocktail. Um, who's uh, I don't know for sure, but said. Um, so, yeah. Um, did you know what Fugazi meant before this movie? I did not, no. Okay. But so, you can figure out in context in the movie pretty yeah. easily. Uh, who carries diamonds around? Not me. Okay. Um, 26 hits is crazy. That's a lot, in, a lot, in the a lot clinical and the disbelief sense. Like, that's like one a year for, you know, Al Pacino, he's been around, this is what, 25 years after The Godfather? He's been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of dead people. Um, deep undercover work is crazy. No, no argument there. I mean, yeah, yeah it's... Um, I love the differentiation of a friend of mine versus a friend of ours. That, that was a highlight for me, too. Very important. Um, in this movie, we learn a lot of the rules of wise guys. And I don't think in other movies they explain that too well. Um, especially the financial hierarchy of the mob. They talked about it a lot in this movie. And in a lot of mob movies you watch, you don't really see the mechanics of how these uh, businesses and how the, the structure works. Um, but I think that the nature of this movie being an investigation really lent itself to that. You know, obviously he's investigating the mob, but you know how much they're kicking up to each other, who reports to who, how's, it, how's this work and that work. Um, I like I like things being laid out for me explicitly. You know, they they say show don't tell, but I like to be told sometimes. You know, yeah. it, it makes you understand. Depends on the context. Yeah. Um, I picked up a lot of uh, you know, lefty's motivation being that father son dynamic. It seems like Donnie is really kind of a surrogate son to his, what he considers a fuck up of a son because the son is a, is a junkie in the movie. Yeah. Um, I wrote 3000 a week to Sonny Red here, and I have no idea. Maybe I was just pointing out the number, you know, that he has to kick up. That's, what is that, 150 grand a year? Yeah. His mafia business is doing serious numbers. Um, if you remember from The Godfather 2, the guy who plays young Clemenza is Nicky in this movie. I recognized him. Yeah. So that guy. Yeah. Uh, Pet Lion as a gift. Just let's take a moment to acknowledge it. Three questions. How many hamburgers did they have to feed him for that meal? Uh, at least 12. Okay. Would you ride in that car? No. Okay. Where do you keep a pet lion? I mean, like in the apartment we're sitting in, I don't, I don't think, you know, maybe, you know, we try to do a little crane under the roof. <laughs> uh, if you had a backyard, you know, you keep him in a cage there and hope he doesn't get out and terrorize the whole neighborhood. Uh, but, you know, I... I we Tiger King came in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, twenty twenty. Lion King 
came in the 1990s. Where are you going with this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Right. But this is the beginning of the, the wild animal craze, I guess. <laughs> All right. We're not going to unpack that. Um, amazing how obsolete surveillance methods in the late 70s, early 80s have already become. Uh, that poor guy in the Japanese restaurant. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Tuffy. Uh, we'll come back to that later. Tuffy. Um, dog racing. No, no. No. Yeah. Uh, what are the odds that the FBI is set up at the same motel that the guy is doing a drug deal in the movie? Like, what are the, come on. What, what are the yeah. odds there? No coincidences. Um, lots of cameos. Paul Giamatti is my favorite. Sneaks in for a line there. Yeah. Uh, I I wrote who betrayed who with the boat. Drawing a blank here. Don't, yeah. don't remember what I'm referring to. This ha- this is what happens when we wa- we record a couple of days after watching the movie. Yeah, well, you know, they, I guess it's when uh, Donnie was uh, oh, supposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. go kill. Um, no, no, I. I um was referring to the the yacht thing. Yeah, the, the yacht with the the. I, I guess left. my point I was going for was was it Donnie who told Sonny Sonny Black about it or uh, some other some other way that he found out. I mean, it's really unclear how he finds out, and he does have like a one off to Donnie, like oh I knew about the club the whole time, but with the whole boat thing. I wonder if uh, just in terms of constructing the FBI operation here, Donnie. Leaked it to Sonny Black, anyways. I don't think Donnie would have leaked it. I mean, I, I think Donnie saw the the story right in on the plane or something earlier, and so they might have just found it that clipping on their own. Cause... Well, no, I'm talking about the boat thing is supposed to be, and we're going way off tangent here. The boat thing is supposed to be just lefty entertaining. Uh, what's his oh, name? Right, Traffic right, right, yeah, yeah. And then Sonny Black shows up. Yeah. So there's actually a cameo from the real Joe Pistone in that scene. Really? Yeah, yeah. I looked that up online. Uh, let's not get too uh, distracted here. The son of Lefty looks forty, and he's supposed to be twenty-eight. Um, yeah. Cutting up the bodies. Brutal, brutal. Um, the words "Staten Island" are uttered in this movie. That is true. Um, I love how at the end of the movie they come with these very like fake-looking photos of Donnie, Joe, whatever you want to call him, in the being in the FBI. And they walk outside and they're just like, nah, you know, they we don't, don't believe we it. Don't. Uh, $500 bonus for the operation. The, that's not enough. It's not even inflation adjusted. Yeah. Um, lefty's goodbye. Heartbreaking. Rooms all his jewelry, says goodbye to his girlfriend. Heartbreaking. Yeah, I looked up on Wikipedia and that was actually, I think, what Sonny Black did, according to Wikipedia, before he went to his death. Ah, okay. Because I, I did write down, too, that... Um, Lefty didn't actually get whacked. He went to prison and then got sick in prison. And died of cancer. And yeah. I, I looked him up on Wikipedia, yeah. too. Um, and the last thing, uh, who the hell would ever agree to do an operation like this? You're signing your life away, even after it's over. Like, he had to go into WITSEC, witness protection. And his family, I'm sure, had to uh, disappear as well. So, Yeah, it's a lot. Of, you know, he signed up for a lot. And, and his, his wife, who you, know, you feel a lot of sympathy for throughout the movie... You know, signed up for didn't sign up for it, but had to endure with them almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else before we take a quick break? Well, you can take a break. All right. We'll be back with the segments. Okay, so let's dive into the segments. I will go first. 
So I picked the one I picked because I was trying to anticipate what you would pick and I didn't want to undercut you. And there's a number of things, the, the, you know, the poor guy getting beat up in the Japanese restaurant, the cutting up the bodies. Um, there's, you know, that very tense therapy and what ha- scene and what happens after. So assuming that you were going to pick one of those, I decided to pick the scene at the end of the movie where they're presenting him with the medal and the $500 check. And I thought this was a little outside the box because, um, you know, by, by all intents and purposes, this is supposed to be like a happy moment. This guy, you know, he did great work for the FBI. We're rewarding him. We're honoring him. And his whole family is there. And yet there is like this kind of chill that goes down your spine just watching it because there's kind of no acknowledgement of how they basically just destroyed this guy and his family. And the family is like sitting there pretending like nothing happened when in reality the family's fractured. And presumably I'm sure they're going into witness protection at this point because this guy could not be seen in New York without getting killed immediately. Um, And the movie says there's an open contract on his head. So I found that very comfortable, especially like the the hasty way then all the like the um, FBI guys just leave the room. Yeah, good answer. Like, you know, there's just a lack of empathy like they don't understand what he went through to to get this for him and you know it's not like a whole crowd cheering obviously there couldn't be too many people because you know people want to kill him but you know there's just this mostly empty room just his family's there and and they say how much it is like 500 bucks it's like that's it yeah yeah i mean but it just comes down to is you know is is it worth it you know we we got our convict we got our evidence convictions the operation went well you know do we care about the human cost of it but I I digress what did you write down um, I picked one of the ones you listed at first as you expected I picked them beating up the Japanese waiter I mean just this this poor innocent guy that you know Donnie he can't take his shoes off because it would give him away. He, he, and so to avoid doing that and avoid, you know, raising suspicion, he has to go into this, you know, racist thing against the Japanese guy. And, and then I don't think he intends it for it to become this thing where the whole crowd brutally beats him up. And obviously on his face, you know, his expression is horrified but he can't do anything about it, and he ends up having to participate to, uh, again, ingratiate himself, I guess, with the crew. Well, I, I, not to interrupt you, but he's, like, almost trying to help the guy, and the guy just is in defensive mode and, like, throws him off, and then Johnny Depp starts beating him up, too. I wonder if he kept that tape or if he threw that one out. Yeah, I, that, that was just, that was brutal. It's, it's a painful scene, yeah. Poor guy. Um, they couldn't just go somewhere else. Yeah, just pick a new restaurant. I'm sure that's what he thought they would do. I don't know what he thought they would do, but he, he was in a tough spot. You know, he can't take his shoes off. Yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately, that guy had to take the brunt of uh, his, his cover-up there. So, yeah. poor guy. Um, we're going to go to Secret Villain now, okay? Uh, I'll go first. In the context of the movie, I think the Secret Villain... Villain, the secret villain, and I, I guess I should clarify, I think the secret villain is the FBI, okay? I don't know, I guess maybe more, it's more the specific agents rather than the representation of the, of the Federal Bureau of Investigation here, 
And the reason I say that <clears throat> is because this is a movie that depicts Joe as a disposable chess piece to keep securing more and more information. There are periodic references to him becoming more and more strung out and in deeper and deeper. And the situation is getting complicated. And I will clarify and say that I guess this, this directly applies to his supervising agents here, the characters in the movie. And in reality, they had plenty of opportunities to pull him out with plenty of evidence. Um, lots of things happened, but they left him in. And I'm sure, you know, obviously the motivation of wanting to protect Lefty kept him in as well. But um, he gets run down to the very end. And uh, I think we see at the end of the movie that... Um, he was, you know, kind of looked at as disposable and they didn't really care about the consequences. And, um, yeah, I think that's uh, outside the box. I am not anti-FBI. Let's, let's be clear, especially if the FBI is listening. We're get us on some watch list from this podcast. Yeah, yeah, imagine, right? Um, no, but I think in the context of this movie, I feel pretty good about that. I almost, I almost did the same thing as you. I, I thought about it because you know, his supervisors are kind of callous to, towards what he's actually going through. Uh, his wife even calls him out on it when he kind of goes off the grid for a few weeks and yeah. and she's like, you don't actually care about him. You just care about uh, your mission or whatever. And uh, they're also kind of stingy with the expense account, but they always end up giving him what they want with the boat and whatever. Well, the boat thing really stood out to me because they're like, okay, we want you to put on the charade that... Um, you know, like, like impress this mob boss. Okay, get me a boat. No, we can't get you a boat. You know, like, what do they, what do they expect here? If they want to play the game, they need to deliver on this stuff. And I think he gets rightfully frustrated. I mean, at any point, you know, like, there's a scene where Nikki gets killed in the movie. Like, they, no one saw it coming. They just put a gun to his head, pull the trigger. It's not like you, you point the gun at someone, they have a chance to process it. Like, he could have ended up yeah. in a dumpster at any point in this movie. So I think, you know, within reason... You know, anytime you're going to send an agent into deep undercover, shouldn't you be able to, you know, insulate him to the point where, you know, he's not going to get found for that reason? But I digress. Yeah, my secret villain is, uh, and it's kind of like, he, he's sort of uh, uh, an actual villain, but Sonny Black, um, in the sense of, he he is sort of still on Donnie's team, the kind of the, the head of the Lefty and Donnie and, and their crew, and they're working against Sonny Red. But he's also this figure that, you know, Lefty kind of secretly hates, and he he doesn't Lefty doesn't really want to kill Nikki, but he has to do it because Sunny Sunny Black told him to. Yeah. You know, Sunny Black gets upped before Lefty does, and he's bitter about that. Uh, so to the extent that Lefty is one of the main protagonists, you know, Sunny Black is kind of everything he wishes he was, but doesn't get as much respect. Well, you know, specifically the those all the events in these that you're naming are triggered by, you know, the FBI's investigation here. Yeah. You know, protecting Donnie undercover is what got Nikki killed. Um, a lot to process there. I still, I've watched this movie many times, and I don't really know, like, is Lefty like someone who's just been, like, overlooked, or is he just kind of not a leader, like the leadership guy in the mafia? I mean, I don't understand how the mechanics work about who gets promoted, who doesn't, but... Is Lefty rightfully bitter or is he not rightfully bitter, you know? I think he's probably just seen it. I mean, he, he says it himself, he's a spoke. Uh, he says Donnie's a spoke in the wheel and, and you know, they're not the, the main, I don't know what's above a spoke in this metaphor. But 
you know, he's he's a guy who gets stuff done. He's killed twenty six people. He he he's twenty seven by the yeah, end of it, right? Yeah. So he's he they I guess the people in charge, Sonny Red and, and those and, and his people know that lefty's guy they can trust to do the dirty work and, and he he's gotta keep doing it. I also um should point out that, you know, is it really Lefty's fault that he doesn't have any money? I mean is it is it really like like whose fault is it that Lefty doesn't have any money? You know, like these mob guys make a lot of money, but don't they spend like crazy too? Like maybe there gotta be some better planning for retirement here. Yeah, I don't think they have four hundred one k's in the mob. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so either. Did you write down a secret hero? I did. Uh, minor characters. Uh, I I said, the FBI clerks. Like whereas the FBI supervisors are are sort of villainous, as as you laid out well. Uh, the the people like on Donnie's level when he's kind of lying on the couch resting, they're the ones listening to the tape, you know, transcribing, yeah. writing the reports. They're encouraging him, uh, and and they they seem like you know good guys, kind of behind the scenes to hang out with. I respect that. Um, shout out to those lower level FBI guys. So for my secret hero, I wrote down Anne Hesh's character, Maggie uh, Pistone. She handles the family with grace in Joe's absence, and it, it, the effort is nothing short of Herculean. We've said it before on this podcast, but... Shout out moms. Shout out moms. Uh, kill a character. Do you want me to go first, or you want to go first? I'll take it. I mean, I... This guy serves a purpose in the movie, and so it was tough to kill, but I didn't want to just cop out and kill off somebody that was so minor that nobody even remembers him. I'm going to kill off Nikki. part of the... Doesn't he get killed off already? He's already dead. He's already <laughs> dead. But I'm going to kill him earlier. Okay. <laughs> his, his murder does lead to sort of a, an insightful conversation, where, uh, you know, an enlightening conversation between Lefty and Donnie in the car when you know, Lefty is kind of at his most vulnerable talking about the, the mafia life and, and how clearly he didn't, didn't really want to kill him, but... And he doesn't entirely believe that he's the rat, but that Sonny Black uh, made him do it, so he had to do it. But uh, you could have gotten there some other way, I think. I, I, don't, I don't think Nicky is really that important to the movie where he really had to be there at all. And in the context of I had to pick one of this, this cast of you know, characters that I think they all... This movie does a good job of giving everyone who has a somewhat significant role a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to knock out, in the movie he's listed as Dean Blanford. He's the second FBI guy that you meet. Not Donnie's original handler that he's meeting with, but the guy they add to him. He's the one who says, we want to extend you into this Florida operation or whatever. So, the first guy in the movie's name is Tim Curley. He seems like pretty empathetic and pretty on the level with Donnie about what's going on and, and handling him. And it seems like when he's in charge... You know, things are going relatively okay. Um, when this guy comes into the fold, it's kind of like having your cake and eat it too. They want to connect these two operations. He's he's kind of like when he the first interaction with Donnie and Donnie's pushing back. He's like, I don't think you understand me or whatever. Like we're telling you what to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think he just – he doesn't really have a lot of empathy for him and just keeps demanding more and more and more. And I think his purpose in this movie is to be like the symbol from Donnie's end of, of why he has to keep going deeper and deeper. Um, 
you know, like this is this is the the device that kind of strings him out more and more and more. Um, you know, he pushed back against the boat thing or whatever. Um, I mean, at the end, you see that him and the other guy, Tom, Tim Curley, whatever, um, they're saying, we got to pull him out, we got to pull him out. So I guess there's a change of heart. But this guy, this guy sucks in this movie, okay? Yeah, he does. And you only really need one boss. I mean, what are the, the deputy boss? Exactly, exactly. You need, you need one boss. I mean, again, with these types of things, I think you could know, like, bring in a... You know, the Florida operation to the fold it was only going to complicate things. And I think they're just, you know, fishing for more and more and more. So, um, all right. Any thoughts before we refer to a friend of ours, ChatGPT? Let's go to the AI. All right. We'll be back with our spontaneous segment in a moment. Okay, so we have consulted the Oracle of ChatGPT, who suggested, and I quote, how about a segment called Movie Mashup, where you randomly pick two movies and create a pitch for a movie that combines elements from both? For example, you could pick Donnie Brasco and Jurassic Park and pitch a movie called Donnie Raptor, where an undercover FBI agent has to infiltrate a group of dinosaur smugglers. You could have fun coming up with different combinations and seeing what kind of crazy and entertaining movie ideas you can come, with, come up with on the fly. Thank you, ChatGPT. That is a masterful answer. Uh, Hank... I'm going to see the floor. You're going to pick Donnie Brasco and another movie and pitch me on a mashup right now. I guess it's cheating to take 21 Jump Street with the same kind of premise, uh, but I, I, I do want to see Donnie in, the, in a high school and see how he, how he does differently than... I'm blanking on Johnny Hill's names and Channing Tatum's names in, in that movie. They're not important. Uh, but what's funny is here, you know Johnny Depp was in the original 21 Jump Street I, I did see on his Wikipedia page that he was on... I didn't even know there was an original TV show. I thought 21 Jump Street was the just the the start of that um, story, the movie. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that until a couple hours ago. Um, so I'm, I'm just stalling for time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Donnie Brasco in Remember the Titans. <laughs> and... <laughs> Keep going. He's going to be... Uh, the the cocky wide receiver on the football team uh that the just is the kind of disrupts team chemistry the the quarterback doesn't get along with him the is he is he uh trying to uncover a a drug ring or something in in this team or uh he no but he's Undercover in the sense that he's getting paid off by the rival team to try to fix the championship game, try to try to you know make make a couple bad plays in the championship and lose the game, and but in the end, he you know he he gets won over by what's the coach's name Herm Herman Boone Herman Boone yeah uh, his great motivational tactics you know. He he gets in on the you know left side strong side, clear eyes full hearts that's Friday night lights I know, <laughs> but I'm just I haven't seen Robert Titans in a long time. Okay, all right, that uh, went really off the rails. <laughs> I just want to let the record show that I will uh, not be seeing that movie. Um, I'm going to oh, what would you name your movie? Um, remember Donnie. Okay, very cool. Not as good as Donnie Raptor. Um, I'm going to mix 
Donnie Brasco and Alien. And Donnie Brasco is going to go undercover on the, um, God, I can't remember the name of the ship in the movie. Um, I'm going to look that up really quick. I'm not stalling for time. What's the name of the ship in Alien? The Nostromo, okay? The Space Tug Nostromo, okay? Donnie is going to go undercover there to uh, make sure the crew is getting their job done. And, uh, you know, well, obviously when the alien stuff happens, he's going to be the guy there of note, taking notice of who let the alien out of its cage, who, uh, who, who made all this happen. I, I mean, well, this is harder than I thought it would be, so I got new respect for you. And in the end, he, uh, he will not survive. Only Ripley will survive. Have you ever seen Alien? Yes, I have actually. Okay, so it will not be an infinite playlist movie going forward. And I will uh, call the movie Alien. <laughs> so, All right. So, All right, we're going to take a quick break from that awful attempted segment, <laughs> and then uh, Hank's going to deliver the Hank score. All right, Hank score. Yeah, four stars. It's a good movie. Is that equivalent to... The, wait, at four of how many stars? Four out of five stars. So you're giving it the same rating as The Godfather? No, I'm giving it a better rating. It's, it's tougher to get a fifth star than it is to get uh, a, a better letter grade. I don't even remember what you gave Goodfellas for it's worth. I don't remember either. I gave Goodfellas a better letter grade. I think I gave it an A-. minus, Maybe okay. an A. I think I gave it an so A-. So there's a clear leader in the, cat in the clubhouse right now. You could say there is. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm going to say that... The Godfather's in last place. <laughs> <laughs> I think that much we know. Um, any other closing thoughts? Uh, no. All righty. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. Thank you to Hank. Thank you to ChatGPT. And thank you to Spotify for Podcasters. Apparently, Anchor has changed their name. So, uh, big thank you to them. We will be back with the final episode of the Wise Guys category after we watch A Bronx Tale. So until then, hold tight. When we return, a little bit of a big announcement coming on the podcast, but don't want to spoil it until then. So uh, it's been real. I vouch for Hank, and we'll see you uh, next time.